Welcome back to That Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the g'day, Sports g'day. You're joined by myself and Husey. Uh, an interesting week of rugby, I guess. Yes. There was a lot of, it, it came out during the week, obviously last week that Eddie was, Eddie Jones was naming this this squad for an April mm-hmm. training camp. Um, it was going to be less than the squad of what Dave Rennie named when he named 40, and we're going to see 33 players named. And I guess Super Rugby kind of built into the excitement of Sunday afternoon when we saw the squad names. Yes. Um, an interesting squad. Obviously, a couple of key names left out. I like what Eddie's done. I love yeah. he's come out and said this is their first opportunities for these players specifically to have an opportunity to show me what they've got. But Australian rugby's got a depth of talent that uh, he he seems to think he can see. Um, I'll question him on, on that. Maybe one day I've over-sit down with him. But, yeah, I mean... It's an interesting squad. What is your first takeaways from it? Uh, it's a good, fresh take on it. I think it's not – I think you get that when you get a new coach in where nobody is safe, um, everybody's being examined, and we're really seeing that here. So uh, Tate McDermott is probably a big one being left out of the squad, and Noel Olaseo as well. Um, so you could see that it's not even just based on team performance. It's based on – individual performances as well. Yep. Um, and you called it last week, uh, Carter Gordon has been named in the extended squad, which I think we both agreed was a, a good move, but a new name in the halves as well in Ryan Lonigan, uh, joining his brother, Lockie Lonigan, uh, in the extended squad. There's a couple of names I'm surprised that have been included, um, mainly, and I know it's just, you know, we said, it's based on current form. I mean, Eddie's looking at this without a view at previous Wallabies performances, but Suliasi Vunavalu, I think, is one where he struggled to even make the Wallabies A squad, but I think maybe Eddie just th- feels like he can get the best out of him. So I'm not opposed to it because Vunavalu's got all the talent in the world. Um, is, the, is the main one I'm looking at and just sort of scratching my head. Uh, Darcy Swain's another one where it's a bit like, I don't really know. I feel like he causes more troubles than he solves. In, a, in the Wallabies jersey. Yeah, I guess Darcy Swain's one where that's the, the position of issue for you guys with the locking yeah. position. I mean, I think uh, Matt Phillip and Isaac Rod are both out with injury, so couldn't be considered. Mm. Um, and then you've got, obviously, big scouts and Arnold. Is it Rory Arnold? Yeah, yes. Rory Arnold. Um, yeah, Rory Arnold. Overseas. So, yeah, I mean, look, Bunny Vailu's, I think being picked based of ability and ability alone and ability we haven't seen fully yet. Uh, a very Marika Korobeti, I don't think Marika had the best transition into rugby, but obviously now is one of the great, uh, best rugby players in the world. So mm. it's, it's, it's a question of, yeah, what can Eddie get out of Vunivalu? And it wouldn't surprise me if he gets the best out of him. Mm-hmm. So you see players like Corey Tool miss out, um, who's been on fine form for the Brumbies. And you question it a little bit, but again, I, I think people will back Eddie. It's also really interesting, the players, overseas-based players, he's invited to join via Zoom, which he's got Rory Arnold. Um, no, he doesn't have Rory Arnold. He's got Richie Arnold. His brother. Is that Richie Arnold? It's Richie Arnold, his brother. Yeah, so that's another uh, a big thing is that he sort of – it's sort of been a bit of a challenge to Rory Arnold that uh, it included his brother and not him. Interesting. And his brother, I'm yeah. assuming, a lock as well? Yes. Never yep. even heard of him. Um, but I, I know. He's never played base. Never played for um, play for the Wallabies. Yeah. Uh, he's played – he played a few games for the Western Force and the Brumbies – um, 32 years old. 
um, oh, and yeah. is six foot ten. Six foot ten, Jesus Christ! All right, yep. I see why you've got him overseas. Nearly two two point one meters tall. Yeah, lordy. All right, well, so Richie yes. Arnold and Skelton, uh, yep. locking duo. Then a couple you've obviously of got big boy locks. Yeah, Cooper Foley as your first fives, and then you've got Kotobeti Karevi as yeah there, and then Tom Banks as well. Which is, I don't think that's a surprise that group, obviously. No. I thought Richie Arnold was a spelling mistake on the Rugby Australian website. So that's what I thought yeah. as well until I looked further. That's what I. That's I, you know what? It's so funny. It's exactly what I thought because just <laughs> like you, I never heard of uh, Richie Arnold before. Uh, but apparently he has been really playing well in France because he plays for Toulouse and he's been playing really, really well over there. If anyone's going to know a talent out of France, it'll be Eddie Jones. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, they've got the rehab group, which is Angus Bell, Rob Leota, and Taniella Tupo. And they're not considered due to injury. Uh, Flaufanger, Alex Murphy, Hunter Pasami, Matt Phillip, Isaac Rodder, and Tom Linner. Um, yeah, so, I mean, though all of those players, you know, it'll be interesting where they fit into yeah. the mould and, and how he goes about it. I don't think... The free really changes. It's Kotobeti, Karevi, and then Cooper or Foley. You just take your pick. Um, yeah. I think how 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 little how big of an issue he sees the locking will decide if a lock comes over a first five. But I can't see him not selecting Kotobeti and Karevi. Yeah, uh, I, I think it ha- those two have to be in there. And then I think he'll probably take a look at um, how his other tens are going in, you know, uh, um, Carter Gordon in, in particular about how he's playing, whether or not you you take one of the other um, fly house from overseas or if you bring in another lock. Um, I just want to read out this quote because I think it's a really good one from Eddie Jones here about Rory Arnold and Richie Arnold. Um, and I think it's important to, to, to say this because it really shows his attitude for coaching. So, because you might not know, Rory Arnold plays for a Japanese team. Now, this is a really interesting story. So, the Japanese team he's played for, the (laughs) Hino Red Dolphins, has withdrawn from the Japanese competition this year because a bunch of their players, not including Rory Arnold, had a massive night out and a bit of a drinking spree and got caught doing it and have caused a bit of a stir over there in Japan. So, the club's out of the competition for this year. But Rory Arnold despite being asked to come by super rugby clubs and play super rugby in Australia this year has opted to stay in Japan where he will make $1.5 million a year, not playing rugby because the, the club isn't playing rugby this year. So he's there not doing um, anything. And so Eddie Jones has pissed him off a bit. And Eddie Jones has said, um, so the t- t- club is the high no red dolphins that high no make trucks. And he's Eddie Jones said, I think he's working on the factory line at high no, isn't he? Uh, I think he's making those trucks because he's not playing rugby at the moment. To get selected, you have to be playing rugby. We don't pick players that make high-no trucks. Interesting. Yeah, I, so I saw I've that whole shot story across the bows. Yeah, I saw that story come out, um, and obviously nothing to do with Rory the incident. No. But it was interesting his decision to stay in Japan and say he was going to prep for a World Cup if needed. Um, he wasn't selecting himself but that yeah I guess you've got to draw a line I guess but I mean to be fair the question would have been would you have selected him over Skelton probably not yeah like probably yeah, 1.5 million dollars but it does show the attitude that Jones is bringing he's where he's not afraid to say that you know 
if you're not if you're not that if you're not committed enough, you're not good enough for the gold jersey, which I think is a good standard to be bringing back in. You know, some more pride in the Wallabies jersey. Hundred percent. So the, the the big question, I guess, is Noah Lolasio left out. Yes. What do you make of that? Now he's been considered the golden boy again. It's interest. It's really interesting, and I'm a little interested as well. Nick White has made the squad. I don't think it's because Nick White's not playing well. It's just the way the Brumbies have gone about it this season, obviously, and this is why I think Ryan Lonigan's made the squad because he started generally the most amount of games and they had the same with Jack, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, De, De Brasini, um starting against yep, the Waratahs at the start. De Brasini. Um So I, I just, I wonder if that has had any impact. I just, your thoughts, I guess. Well, yeah, so we've got Ben Donaldson and Carter Gordon uh, in this uh, extended squad here um, over Noel Olaseo, right? And I, I think if you sort of looked at Super Rugby this year, I Donaldson's inclusion over Lolisio is probably the biggest head scratch for me. But I guess it's because Donaldson can play 15 if called upon. He's shown that he could play 15 this year. Um, well, I think that experiment has well and truly passed passed by yes, because the way just, the way he played on the weekend at 10 was yeah. a level above the way he's been playing at fullback. So I think. Exactly, it's, but it's, I, yeah. I think it's just—I think it's just a, an additional feather in his cap, in his cap. you know. Yeah. You know, it's just something that's maybe just pushed him over the top there. Um, and then in Carter Gordon, you know, we said you've got that bit of a different style of, of ten compared to Lolasio. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Eddie's Eddie's thinking here. Um, I don't mind it because one of the he's full of good quotes, um, Eddie Jones. And one of the quotes he said about the squad was for the players that are in the squad, it's their opportunity to show why they should be in the squad and why they should keep their position in the squad. And for those not in the squad, it's their opportunity to show why they should be in this squad and have somebody else taken out. So I think he's challenging Noah now to step up his game even more in the next few weeks, because one of the biggest things Eddie Jones said, and I think this is super important is that, He's seen a lot of good things from the Australian Super Rugby squads. One of the things he hasn't seen, which is so important, is beating New Zealand teams, right? So if we look at uh, the Brumbies this season, beat the Waratahs in week one, beat the Blues in week two, and I think that's a big one for Eddie Witt, and that's why we see so many Brumbies players in this one. Um, Week three, they beat the Reds. Week four, they beat Moana Pacifica. And week five... They lost to the Crusaders, but that was with a lot of their their players uh, out. And then they played the Waratahs this week, and they they got the W. So I think you know one on one against New Zealand teams this year, arguably you know it was a one of those victories you could sort of one of those lo- the loss you can sort of put to the side because they're resting a bunch of their uh, Wallabies players. But I think that's what Eddie is trying to ignite a fire in Noah is to get him to up his game against the New Zealand teams. Now, the Brumbies don't play a New Zealand team for four weeks until they play the Hurricanes, actually, your Hurricanes, um, on the 28th of April, right? So they've got a while to go before they um, before they actually get to uh, play a New Zealand team. But I think he wants to see him take ownership of the Brumbies in the next couple of weeks. And, um, you know, they've got a game against the Reds coming up and then the Dura, uh before they have a bye week and then they're facing the Hurricanes. So they, they don't have the toughest competition coming up until they play the Hurricanes. So I think that's what he wants to see is he wants to see Noah put his stamp on the Brumbies. Yeah. Um, 
and the fact that they selected two halfbacks from the Brumbies ahead of Noah as well, I think will be. Yeah, I think he wants to see him get angry. I think he wants to see him play with some passion. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a challenge set down, and I think uh, he's hoping to get the best out of him. A bit of a mm. talent, I guess. And uh, I'm sure Eddie Jones has been on the phone to him and discussed this all with him. Shall yeah. we go through the uncapped? Uh, so we have Josh Fluke from Queensland Reds, the outside centre. Uh, Carter Gordon, we've obviously touched base on the first five from Melbourne Rebels or fly half, however you want to say it. Yeah. Uh, Max Jorgensen, your boy. Uh, yeah, I'll let you come back to him. Uh, Waratah's wing of fullback. Uh, uh, Ryan Longanigan, talked about him. Brumby's uncapped. Uh, and the last two, uh, yep. very interesting ones. Blake Shoup, uh, Brumby's uncapped prop. Uh, and... Brad Wilkin, Melbourne Rebels, outside, uh, open side flanker, uncapped. Blake Shoup, uh, I can tell, is already going to annoy me. Not because he's not a good footballer, but you can see he just loves scrummaging mm. and just the game of footy. Like, the amount of games I've watched the Brumbies, well, every game I've watched the Brumbies this year where he's playing and he wins a scrum penalty and he's just screaming in the face of his opponents. He absolutely loves it. Um, and... I think a deserved call-up for that Brumby side. Uh, it was either going to be him or Reese Van Neek. I mm. had Reese Van Neek in our uh, form team last three weeks ago when we did it, so there'll be another one coming out this week. But, yeah, I think uh, a well-deserved opportunity and from the Southern Districts uh, Shoot Shield squad from last year. So, talent across the board there. And then Brad Welkin, thoroughly deserved another number seven to, to push. Uh, you might say, look, took over that Charlie Gamble, I guess, spot. But uh, I think just the way he's playing for the uh, Rebels at the moment deserves it. A gamble's injured at the moment as well, I believe. Oh, um, well, so it wouldn't surprise me with the Waratahs injury list at the moment. Yeah, and same with Bell as well. We see you know, Angus Bell on this list. Look, I, I like that he's looking at some of these this new talent, some uncapped talent, not afraid to put it in there. And you see one, two, three, four, five, six. So a full, basically a fifth, 20% of this squad is uncapped, right? Um, I think the Jorgensen inclusion is a great one. You can't deny the talent, but it's also just what you said about Wilkin does the same for Jordi Pattaya. I think makes him look over his shoulder a little bit for that fullback spot because, uh, you know, that's Pattaya and Tom Wright really, um, because you look at, although Tom Wright's played a lot of wing for the Wallabies, but Pattaya has been playing a fair bit of fullback for the Reds this year, I believe. And he's trying to make that full-time conversion to fullback. And that's one of the things we identified early this year is the biggest question mark for the Wallabies is who's going to play fullback, right? And, you know, Pattaya could have could have been forgiven for thinking, well, I'll sort of stroll into that fullback jersey, right, with some of how with his form. But now with Jorgensen, I guess, sort of, you know, putting his nose in there as the new, as the young gun, um, the big name on everyone's lips that's not Joseph Sawali'i, I think it's another one of those ones where he's putting pressure on these guys to perform. And it's, I feel like it's a very competitive atmosphere of, Everyone's showing why they should keep their spot. And I think it's really lighting a fire under the players. The fact that there is so many of these young guys in the squad um, and shows that nobody's safe. Yeah. I, interesting enough, Jock Campbell, I see, didn't make it, um, which is, I don't think, unfair. But he played fullback on the weekend against Crusaders. Pataya mm-hmm. went back to the wing. Yeah. I mean, again, obviously. Uh, will be would be interesting. This is just a training camp one, so we're never going to see a team list come out of this but yeah. it would be interesting to see who would line up where and and what 
Eddie's already thinking. Uh, I think a relatively young squad as well, um, which I know Eddie's spoken about focusing on the, the here and now, but I wonder if this is a, an eve to the, hey, look, get these guys in now, even a um, Maxi J, and we'll keep them interested for the next four years at least. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely release our two versions of what we think a squad would make on our socials, so make sure you're following there. And it's going to be, just to be clear, it'll be just based on this 33 plus the seven overseas players that have been on the Zoom call. So it's not going to include injured players like Angus Bell, who, Correct. when healthy, would almost certainly be included. Correct. So it'll be interesting, I guess, what you guys make of our teams. Uh, obviously, myself, a Kiwi, coming at it from that point of view, and, and Husey, a Wallabies fan. Um, yeah, final thoughts on the squad? I'll, I'll let you have a minute to, to, to kind of say your final, I guess, thoughts and beliefs in Eddie and his first squad. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of pretty... I don't, I don't really look at any of the picks here and think why are you in the in the squad kind of thing like you can see the reasoning behind everyone in this squad here um and i look and i see a lot of talent and obviously the the big hole the two holes mainly uh as they've always been fly half and lock for the for the wallabies i think around the rest of the park they've got some really good and exciting talent but it's those two positions that will determine the success of the wallabies for the rugby championship and the world cup so uh, I think that's really going to be Eddie Jones's focus. I was I was thinking, and just to, this is going a bit off tangent now, but pitching this question to you: When do you think you? Who was the last world class lock you had? Not playing overseas, like I think Will Skelton is, but I don't like. It's just so hard with the ghetto law at the moment. Let's cancel uh, that yeah. out. So, like the world class lock. I couldn't. I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't. I I feel like, um, man, it's hard. To, it's hard to think, you know. Um, I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, I know. I just, I really can't even think. Um, I've got one, and again, like, I'm trying to see when did he last play. I feel. I mean, it's hard to. It's hard to. I, I hesitate to say him but it's only because he was captain and that's james hall that's but, who i had yeah i i honestly i i actually think it is the last he was the last world-class yeah. lock you had which is crazy because i think he peaked at like 2011 2012 yeah like when the reds won it would the reds won it in 2011 um, uh let's have a look rugby? uh yes yeah and I, I think that's when he peaked and it was like he was quite clearly the best. So that's 10 years, 12 years going on without mm. a, you know, world-class lock. And we might be missing someone in there. But that's, mm. when it came to my head, he was the first I thought of. I was like, James fucking Hall. Like, mm. you know, you had that headgear on, he'd get to work. Yeah. I think he's one of those few players that could have, like, you know, when, when you're comparing mm. world-class could he? You put him in, in like an All Blacks team or something like that, and he'd fit him fine. And I think he would have. But do you know that D Mum captained the Wallabies for one game? That's a disgrace. Yeah, that, that is a disgrace. Yeah, I can't believe that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's 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 the only one I can think of really. 
is 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 in the the last like really good one. And I hesitate to say him because he's a Queenslander. <laughs> I was like, why are you hesitating to say him? But that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Queensland. Uh, no, yeah, that I, was I, just I, interesting. This is this might upset some people, but I know he's only young. But Nick Frost looked really good in his games for the Wallabies last year. He, he looked has. really good he, for the Wallabies. He has. And he's yeah, looking good for the Brumbies this year. Um, and I know there's some fans of the show who aren't necessarily big fans of Nick Frost um, and his the way he plays the game. But I think he's I think he's got the ability to to do it. Yeah, I uh, he could he's definitely got the potential there. Um, mm. The way he's been playing again this year, he's had another fantastic year. Uh, Super Rugby, my friend, um, mm. a big round, uh, and I kind of I've highlighted three topic points to discuss. Now, the first yeah. is the Drua, because obviously biggest bandwagon supporter, Luke Bowden, Luke yeah. Rockefoco Bowden, he's back. Um, they they can't, you can't beat them at home. Like, no. when it was 33, seven and a half, Fort I sat Cuba. there and I said, fuck, you know, like this is trouble because A, I've harped on about how good the Rebels are and they're about to get pumped by 60, which... Like, yeah. I just don't think it's good for anyone's season. So they came back and obviously made the scoreline a bit closer. But, yeah, I wouldn't – if Fiji, if the Dura can ever get themselves into the top four and, God forbid, give themselves a number one spot down the line, mm. I, you just you can't beat them there. Like, I don't see how that'll you'll ever be able to beat the Jura at home. I, if I'm the Fijian Jura, I am right now am trying to make sure that every single one of my games, home games next year, are in Fiji. Yeah, 100%. It would, it's a it's great to see that already in just the second year of them being in the competition, they're in the top eight at this point in the season. You know, three and three, respectable record, very respectable record at this part of the season. And two of those wins against, um, you know, Quality opponents, so definitely, yeah, good on them. Yeah, uh, the next kind of point I've got is the Chiefs versus the Brumby, uh, Chiefs versus Chiefs versus the Blues and the Brumbies versus the Waratahs games. Uh, watch, got lucky enough to watch both of those games. The Chiefs versus the Blues game, a hey, wow, like just a different level of skill. And yeah. then to follow it up with the Brumbies versus the Waratahs, oh. it was two games where test match level intensity, mm. and you go. Man, you could like that's what Super Rugby's about. That's what Super Rugby's yes. about. Uh, and I'd love it's to. It's unfortunate s- to be on the losing end of the Brumbies Waratahs one because it was such a good game. Yeah, it was. It was again a fantastic. It's hard when you lose ones like that because you know, like the Waratahs played their best game of the season by far and, and away. Three yellow cards in that game as well. At one point, we had two yellow cards and we still scored a try, thirteen on fifteen. I think exactly. it's pretty incredible and just. Look, it's just, it just shows the quality of those two teams and why I don't think the Waratah season is over by any stretch. Oh, um, definitely not. I, you know, it's just a freakish night when James Slipper scores two tries. Like, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen. That's just, it, it just shows the rugby gods were on the Brumby side uh, in that one. And, yeah, it was a – it just – again, it, it's a classic between these two. I think it's um, getting up there with the um, – I, I think the Waratahs are really focusing on the Brumbies as their – New biggest rival, even ahead of Queensland. Definitely, I mean, and and talking about Queensland, um, they are in some real. Uh, I think strife. I honestly do. Mm. Like now, they ju- 
25-12 loss to the Crusaders doesn't look bad. But I was looking back at the stats, and they played a hell of a game. They had players stand out, like Pattaya stood out, McDermott stood out. Harry Wilson had another fantastic game. Two of those players didn't now get selected in the Wallabies, which yeah. you have to ask, and like you said, it's about beating the New Zealand teams. The Reds haven't beaten the Crusaders in 12 attempts now. Um, and I, So I'm assuming that's about 12 years give or take, maybe even 13 yeah. with COVID. So I sit there and I go, at what point, Brad Fawn, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say he's a bad coach because I think he's a good coach. I think he's got a time limit with every team just because mm. of the way he coaches is probably with an iron fist and that's not to say he takes no shit, but I just think he pushes everyone hard. A very uh, Maguire from you know mm. the Tigers slash South Sydney and, and, and it can only last for so long. I think it's hit its limit, and now that players aren't making Wallaby squads, you've got to ask, is he making those players any better? And I know there's a lot of talk about him moving on next season, but I think there's going to be a mutual split soon if the Reds don't get a turnaround quickly. If they lose two, three in a row from here on out and sit two and five, two and six, and are outside that top eight, I really see them going, you know what, let's, let's part. We had a good few years. We won Super Rugby AU, you know, these players need something else because I can imagine Tate McDermott, Harry Wilson, Harry Wilson especially, his numbers have been ridiculous to start off yeah. this year and to see him not in the Wallabies and to go, he'll be asking the question, what's next for him? It's sort of, if you, this, is a, this is a Reds team that's full of Wallabies talent, right? People that have played uh, for the Wallabies and you're not really seeing it translate. Whereas you look at the, the Waratahs, and you kind of say, okay, well, there's a lot of new pieces on the board here as well, but we're seeing them develop. We're seeing them really be in these games. And maybe I'm a little bit biased as a Waratahs fan, but you just, I don't know. I, f- I would feel like Queensland would think that they're closer to a title than the Waratahs are, and yet they seem to be on pace with the Waratahs, if not maybe slightly behind, behind the Waratahs. If, anyone's, yeah. if, you, if you put those two teams up against each other and said, who's more likely to win a title... I'm picking the Waratahs base purely, and again, what Eddie Jones says, it comes down to beating New Zealand teams. I've seen them beat the Crusaders. I've yeah. seen them push the Hurricanes all the way. I just don't see that from the Reds, and I haven't seen it for too long, and yeah. I just think it's time for Fawn to move on. Yeah, and yeah, once again, when you're a foreign coach, the pressure You don't think he gets away with it with the Aussie rugby league side and playing for... Queensland and State of O, you don't think that gives them a... Nah. <laughs> I think that, I Not think, when you've put on it, that all-black jersey. <laughs> I think, yeah, exactly. I think if he's, I think he may have given him some now, but that's probably run out by now. I think yeah. it's run out. Yep. But for the fact where, we're, you know, two years ago, in the depths of COVID, right, it was... Um, or was it three years ago now? God, I can't even remember. But the Super Rugby AU game was between the Reds and the Brummies, and that was a thriller, like down-to-the-wire game. And now the Reds are just sort of a bit of a non-entity again. And it's like... Yeah. What's yeah. happened? Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, moving on from the Reds' woes. Uh, I just want to touch on two more things. Uh, mm-hmm. The Champions Cup came back on in the round of 16, and I just sat there. I watched some highlights. I just can't believe we don't have something like this over here. It just it guts me. Now they're into quarterfinals. There's two South African teams... Uh, one Irish team, three English teams, and two French teams left. And 
I just go, man, it's just so exciting to be able to see teams from, I mean, you know, those two South Africans and one Irish are in the URC, but teams from different competitions, teams from different countries who have a base of different players who play the game slightly differently. Mm. Obviously, football has their Champions League. We have the Champions Cup. You know, just in in Asia, there's nothing quite like it. And I just go, man. And you can sit there and say Asian football uh, championship. I think they've got a, a version. But I just, for rugby, I would love to see, you know, the top of New Zealand face the top of Japan and stuff like that and top of Aussie yeah, and sh- go to a conference. Shoot shield, shoot shield clubs versus New Zealand equivalent clubs and things like that. Stuff like that. Just something. Because this Champions Cup, I just get so fascinated when it rolls around. Like, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a, such a great way to, to revive grassroots rugby as well because shoot shield is relatively grassroots level here in in australia right so you know that would be such a great way to to get more people wanting to play subbies rugby for a chance to show off and then be move up to shoot shield level rugby to play some of these international teams imagine if you know playing as a shoot shield team you had the chance to go to new zealand and play a new zealand team or play a south africa team or play a japanese team or something like that like that would be that would be so great. Like I think, oh, there's a chance that I can do this, you know? Um, totally. I, yeah. And, yeah, so the, the, the teams in the in the quarterfinal here, Leinster from Ireland versus Leicester from England. That's going to be a fun one for the commentators to do, <laughs> Leinster and Leicester. Yep. Toulouse and the Sharks, so French and South African there. Exeter versus the Stormers, English and South African. And La Rochelle versus the Saracens, so French and English there. So some really good games on that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited when it gets to the semifinals and I'll probably eventually stay up for the final just purely mm. because I'm getting that hooked onto it. Uh, I really don't care who wins it, um, but I just, just love the different styles of footy coming together. You know, that's it's yeah. very – got to think, like, imagine playing Super Rugby one week and you've played the Super Rugby game this week and then next week you've got to go and play, you know, a Japanese top league one team and it's just mm. – it's just such a different game, and it's just, yeah, it's just keeping me very interested on uh, my notes. Um, the new rugby game. There is a Rugby 24 that's been announced Ooh. by Big Ant Studios, I believe it is, who actually does all the rugby league games. Um, so it's not a rugby challenge or an EA Sports. It's a Australian-based uh, game developer uh so i am excited because what they actually do really well is customizable um so you can make a lot of things so even if they don't have licenses but hopefully they do you'll be able to license to use world cup 2023 sides there you go so yeah as well as the international game there always there will also be clubs from the urc top 14 and pro d2 to choose from so no asia so no super rugby tournament uh, Super Rugby license as yeah, but as you would expect we you would expect if they're licensing the um, World Cup teams, they they'd get that done sooner rather than later. I, I can't imagine Super Rugby not wanting to be in that game unless yeah. Super Rugby is with like Rugby Challenge, and then I don't know again. Yeah, uh, yeah, we just want. I just saw it coming out, and I was like, awesome! Like I love more rugby games on the market. Ideally, is it going to push up again the. Mm. Uh, heightening of the game and hopefully get us a, a decent one sooner or later. We will be getting Rugby 08 in the studio mm-hmm. sooner rather than later. And then I will be putting 100 points on Husey's uh, Wallabies. Um, to finish today, I've got, we've done our 10 best uh, rugby players ever. I've gone with my version 
of the five best cross-code athletes. Uh, now, I've gone just down under. I haven't mm. taken into account a Bo Jackson or a Deion Sanders or any of that yep. um, who have played, you know, baseball and uh, football or basketball and baseball when you come to, like, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. So I've gone down under. Number one is a man we've actually mentioned quite heavily on this podcast, Brad Fawn. I think cross code to play at the level he played is to play at the Kangaroos and the All Blacks, uh, yeah. the two best teams in this area for both sports, um, and have the career he did. I, cu- I couldn't go past Brad Fawn as my number one. Yep. <laughs> number two, I had Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah. Uh, now, trio of codes when you look at his boxing record, again, not that impressive, and I was never that impressed by his boxing. But. Rugby and rugby league was where it is at. And to make that transition to rugby um, and be an all-black and be able to play in all, all-blacks World Cup games, it's never easy, as we've seen from Roger Toivasa-Shek. Um, so I was, I've always been impressed by Sonny Bill Williams in my number two position. Yep. Number three, Israel Falau. Mm-hmm. Now, that was an easy one for me, and I was actually – toying between three and two. The fact that he also played AFL and played it at a high level, the guy was a freak. Like, yep. take all his off-the-field stuff as a as a difference. Um, he was a freak on the field. And I think if he had chosen any sport, one sport, and stayed at it and didn't have the off-the-field incidents, could have been the best ever for that team. So for the Wallabies, for the Queensland Maroons, for the, uh, I think it was Gold Coast Suns that he played for. And I think it was, was Greater West Western Sydney, Sydney, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. It was yeah. one of those two. It was over orange. It was something orange, you know. That I'm I pretty sure it was Greater Western Sydney. I'll, I'll fact check you yeah. now. Help me with a fact check. Um, but yeah, I just think Izzy Farrell and Free was, can't be, not on this list. GWS it was. GWS, nice. In number four, I've got Big Dell, Wendell Saylor. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't go past him. And I've actually gone his his winger teammate, Lottie Takiri in five. I was going to say, you better have Lottie in there. It was it was four and five where I went back and I just looked at everything. Yeah. And I was like, I just think Dell was Dell. Now, I know, obviously, uh, there was steroids was chucked in there and he rank and stuff like that. But I just, Dell was Dell. Like, he was, yeah. he was something generational and Lottie was very close like when Lottie was on the wing for the Tigers in, the, in, in those early days you just you'd watch him and be like holy shit and then when he came across you were like just as much like holy shit <laughs> um, so yeah I mean it's crazy to think that the top first one and two are you know were all blacks to, I f- and I feel like that does hold something to it like Roger say Roger was to go to a World Cup I still don't and win a World Cup he'd have to be centre stage to make this list I yeah. think because at the moment, and maybe it's because it was so later in his career, like he's already, you know, had hit 30s and stuff, he just hasn't had the same impact that these players have. And Marika yeah. Kotobeti was close as well, I must say that, because he became one of the, he is one of the world's best. I just couldn't put in my head of Lotte or Wendell yet. Uh, yeah, especially, I was going to say that because they finished their careers, I think they get it slightly, because Kotobeti can, can achieve more. I think by the exactly. time he, he's done, he will be, on this list. On this list. Uh, I, I tend to agree as well. I don't really have much to say about that list. I think it's a pretty good list. Excellent. Look at look at me go. Keeping you pleased, mate. Yeah. Uh, well, that does us here today. Uh, obviously, stay tuned on our socials at the Sports Booth for our teams to come out for the Aussie squad that's just been named. Uh, 
But for now, thank you for joining us. Uh, a, a smaller week next week, only four Super Rugby games. Yeah. Um, but we are. We will sort out a live stream soon on one of the games. Um, I will hit Husey up after this to sort out a date, and we'll go from there. But for now, thank you for joining us on that rugby podcast. We will see you later. Peace. Thank you.